Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of Infection Control Matters. Uh, Brett Mitchell here, and um, Martin's joined me on Zoom. Good day, Martin. Hello, Brett. Good to see you. You too. Now, I just before we uh, started this podcast, I said to Martin, what are we going to talk about, Martin? And he said, wait and see. <laughs> so uh, the suspense is killing me as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got an inkling. Yeah. I mean, random things float through my mind, and... There's a couple of things floating around at the moment that I've been doing a little bit of work on um, that actually have collided a bit. So I'm not working with you. Chance. Yeah, well, I'm, no, I'm working with you on uh, a healthcare and associated pneumonia trial, and I've been looking mm. at videos on preventing healthcare associated pneumonia on YouTube just to see what information's out there and how people are putting good stuff out. Mm. Um, but also, I'm doing a talk in a week or so in Cardiff about preventing C. diff infections through environmental decontamination. And you think, what the hell mm. have they got to do with each other? Well, interestingly, on one video I found on preventing healthcare-associated pneumonia, the number one piece of advice... <clears throat> <laughs> and you do, have to, you do have to pause before uh, they say this. I am going to... Yeah. <laughs> ...was to actually put the toilet seat down. And the second piece of advice was actually to make sure there's always water in your U-bend in your sinks as well. I'm thinking, okay, um, I, I can think of many things that might prevent a healthcare associated pneumonia, but or pneumonia, but not putting the toilet seat down. And then I was thinking about, okay, C diff, environmental contamination, and toilets cropped up a bit there as well. And I've browsed the recent papers being published, and I came across a paper from Charles Gerber as well from America, who's been doing what many people do and put a bit of MS2 bacteriophage down or uh, into a toilet and looking at whether the toilet seat up or down makes a difference. And that's often a, a discussion, I think. Do you put your mm. toilet seat up or down and should you even have a toilet seat um, mm. on a toilet in a healthcare setting? So I had a little bit of a look around in that area as well. And <laughs> unsurprisingly... <laughs> It shows me just how much I do not know about this subject and how I'm really not an expert in physics and droplet science, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yet we tend to make decisions on whether a toilet has a toilet seat or not. Now, the Gerber study... and Before, you, before, you, even, yeah. before you go any yeah. further, man, so I, I, I'm sort of thinking, okay, before you have the spoiler alert, um, I kind of, <laughs> if you're listening to this, think now about whether or not you think having a toilet seat down would be a good idea to reduce contamination, aerosols, uh, or, or, or I guess aerosols containing bacteria. Now, my, my my first thought would be, well, it kind of makes sense because, you know, you're confining the potential spread by having a toilet seat down. And then I'm sort of thinking, well, maybe when you lift up the toilet seat, you get a big waft. <laughs> I don't know. So <laughs> I'm... Uh, well, I'm fascinated. Of course, a uh, lot of places don't even have toilet seats in public areas no, anyway. But no, yeah. no, that's right. Um, but then you start thinking, hang on a minute, how many different things could actually affect this? Mm. You know, the, the, what's coming out of the toilet. Firstly, the mm. material you put down it. Yeah, how solid that's a nice way or to put it. up? Yeah, how solid or otherwise it might be. Um, is it covered over with toilet paper? After, you know, if you're using toilet paper, mm. um, what's the power of the flush? I've been in toilets mm. that where the hardly anything Dribbles. comes out and you've got to mm. pump the handle a million times or you touch the handle and Niagara Falls comes down. So mm. 
and that's the problem. You know, I, I then went looking from uh, a C. diff point of view, and Mark Wilcox and Eve Best produced a paper a few years ago now, I think it was 2012, saying that toilet seat up was bad news for C. diff. Uh, mm. But the Gerber paper says toilet seat up or down makes no difference for um, virus particles. Now, is that to do I mean, with the be... size of the matter? Hmm. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. What would be the fundamental difference there? Because uh, the physics is, if the physics, all things being equal, then what 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 would be different uh, from a virus to a bacteria? Yeah, well, uh, you know, especially a bit, presumably a bacterial spore by then as well. Mm. Mm. So I suppose it could be the density of the material in the toilet. Whereas if you're sticking mm. a bit of bacteriophage down the toilet or a virus, it's it's possibly a bit more liquid. If you're, I'm thinking norovirus or something mm. like that, you know, is rarely people have a form stool when they're having mm. a norovirus issue. Whereas C diff, yeah, it could be diarrhea, but of course there are people who have are asymptomatic carriers and could even be constipated with C diff. So you know, how does that affect it? So I'd, yeah. I'd think there are, there are so many different factors that could affect this. I'm, I'm not sure how you actually get an answer. And the other issue, of course, is if the toilet seat's down when you go in, how on earth do you not contaminate your hands? You know, people just lift up the mm. toilet seat, park their backside, pull the phone out of their pocket often. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Doing today's Wordle or Word quiz or reading the paper or checking their emails. Because I know people, when they're sitting on the toilet these days, they tend to be pretty much multitasking all the time yeah, yeah yeah so then where does the contamination from that go because you might clean your hands after using the toilet hopefully you do um but you know have you what have you been touching in the meantime mm. so yeah. and you're probably not going to wipe your phone down no i mean i can remember the days when people used to go to the toilet for a smoke which meant they were <laughs> the thing they touched on the way into the toilet was the last thing somebody touched without cleaning their hands when they got up from the toilet, so they might as well have stuck the cigarette between the cheeks of the previous person's backside. <laughs> I, I, you know, that wasn't particularly hygienic either, but I'm, I'm really not sure we buttoned down <laughs> toilet hygiene, to be absolutely honest. No, no, you're absolutely right about all those variables. Maybe the answer is a randomised control adaptive platform study where you can... <laughs> Uh, add in different variables as you go as you work out the relative impact of each of them. But that would um, that's for another day. But the that yeah, that's a, it's a fascinating topic, and I think you're right. It does show how much we little we probably know about um, the most basic of things because I think it's quite conflicting. Um, so, what would you do, Martin? What would you, if you had someone in your house with uh, Noro, would you say flush the toilet with the lid down or the lid up? Uh, I would probably say put the lid down, but then I'd be in there decontaminating the toilet after they've been. Mm. Um, maybe, a, maybe say put your if you've got a disinfectant or something you're going to put down your toilet. Maybe do that before you flush. Well, actually, that, that was part of the most recent Gerber study. They found by putting mm-hmm. a disinfectant in the toilet water, yeah. it did actually reduce environmental contamination. That was hydrochloric acid, mm. I think, in in this particular case. Um, mm. But then you're into what concentration, how much water is there, what's the dilution like, what's the contact time like. Mm-hmm. But but I have to say, when I first started in infection prevention, as you do when you've just done the, the course, as it was in the mm-hmm. UK, you then become the expert and you think you know everything, which I've now realised mm. 30 years on that I really don't. And I can remember a guy coming to see me with a device he'd invented to go into a toilet system which would um, – give out a particular amount of chlorine each time you flush the toilet. 
yeah. and disinfect the bowl. And I, I was a bit rude. I've got to be honest, because uh, I'm mm. thinking, well, toilet, you know, water in the UK coming through into toilets is drinking water. Therefore, mm. it's got less than one coliform per x mil. And so really, what's the problem here? Um, because we're already mm. putting clean water into the toilet. What's the point of putting the disinfection in without thinking about plume or aerosol? Mm. Mm. And now I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed about that. And if I met him again now, I'd be saying, well, maybe you, you, you have got something there that I should have been listening a little bit more instead of just dismissing you out of hand. So, And if he happens a, to be listening, please do get in contact yeah. with us. <laughs> well, as it's the beginning of my career, he's probably no longer with us, mm. <laughs> unfortunately, because <laughs> that's really quite yeah. some time ago. But this is one of these mm. I have no no clue, really, because I actually yeah. and I, I can't find the paper, but I did find one study that showed with the toilet seat down, you do get – reduce contamination around the edges of the toilet but the contamination mm. goes further because of course the air rush when there's quite a lot of turbulence mm. going on goes through a smaller gap therefore particles can go further away yeah yeah and that's where that velocity of the flush becomes an important uh, factor absolutely uh, the other question would be does this actually make a difference to patient outcomes anyway mm. well people do walk stuff all over the place i mean there was a paper from um, Tim Bosmol, Nick Mahida, looking at what's on the floor, but and they sampled this by using the no-slip socks that you put on when you, you know to stop the elderly falling in hospital, and they found VRE on virtually every single sock. So that must have been people, well, potentially, I suppose, walking to and from the toilet and then climbing back onto the bed, and so yeah. picking up contamination. And Donsky's done work showing if you put a bit of bacteriophage in a one meter square in the floor of a side room, you find it absolutely everywhere. So, people, mm. you know, I, I suspect the contamin the risk really is contamination getting on the floor, being wandered around all over the place. Donsky's work mm. showed that the bacteriophage was getting from the floor onto the nurses' base keyboards. They were all contaminated yeah. within a day. Was that the mosaic cauliflower? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's mm. a similar sort of principle because mm. that was um, yeah. Wahlberg's original work. So mm. there's, plen there's yeah. plenty we don't know yet, really. And uh, there are a number of papers in journals like Indoor Air and, and some fluid dynamics papers that show that actually the the velocity of the flush does affect the amount of spread. Mm. But I should think, having walked to it in hospital, every toilet flush is at a different rate yeah. because they're, they're also non-standard, and the plumbing behind them is often non-standard as well. There's probably an engineer out there who has designed something that sucks mm. away um, air, perhaps at the same time as, as uh, that velocity of fluid is going through or... Maybe, maybe not, but be, that would be interesting. But, um, well, I guess it's only a problem, though, if it's causing a problem elsewhere. But I suspect, as you say, that uh, contamination um, would occur and, mm. uh, and and so, therefore, there is that potential transmission risk. Um, yep. Quantifying that will be near impossible, but it's certainly, yeah. uh, certainly it's, there. It's, it's just one of these unknown unknowns. You know, you do, it, it's, mm. there's a potential problem there you, and you have no idea what the scope of it is and um and so going right back now to the happen study this the study that we're working on uh, martin about preventing pneumonia yeah uh and, and it's a multi-center rct that's going to be starting in a few months time in australia mm. um your take on that video where you're looking for resources and actually you did send that video to me uh <laughs> and uh and it was it was, I think, from an infection control 
team or it was yeah. from some you know which is interesting um anyway um do you think now there's any plausible having explored the toilet issue <laughs> do you think there's any plausible mechanism by which flushing a toilet would be an important prevention strategy perhaps <laughs> well given that most of the well so okay no, well, I laugh, and I, you know, I in know. five years' time, I could be regretting yeah, yeah. something. Could be yeah, I know, I know. We could, we could be digging ourselves a big hole here and <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. exposing ourselves to ridicule in the future, although yeah, possibly yeah. in the past as well. I, I suppose if you get contamination on your hands and then your hands go to your mouth, your mouth could become colonised with organisms mm. that um, yeah. become an issue. And uh, I know when we talked to, to Victoria Ewan quite some time ago, if there were particular organisms in your mouth – including mm. E. coli, you're more likely to get a healthcare-associated pneumonia. Mm. And, and especially MRSA. Was, that's right. And I think the identical pathogen that was found uh, in the upper respiratory tract was found in in, in uh, yeah. sputum um, and, and other bronchial lavage, um, mm. uh, uh, that, some of the work that she done. So uh, you're right. I think there's an important... I think there's an important role of thinking about oral mucosa colonization with hospital pathogens that subsequently cause a reservoir or our reservoir, potential reservoir for um, pneumonia, um, subsequent yeah. pneumonia infection. So, but but yeah, back that to could be one way. Mm. hand hygiene and teeth cleaning. You know, yeah, that that would mitigate and that then, risk. Yeah. And ventilation, perhaps, in the case of ventilation, um, perhaps. Yeah. Mm, mm. I mean, uh, th- one of those videos actually went on to say you should always make sure there's water in the U bend as well. I'd struggled with that one, I have to say. Yeah, but Unless it would be no, my, my number one, I have to say. You know, no. good advice would be don't kneel on the floor while you're flushing the toilet with the lid up. Well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Got to stop those patients sticking their heads in the toilet while say, uh, yeah. If they go yes, interesting. Well, always good chatting, Martin. And yep. um, uh, hopefully, we do get some decent resources for the website. Uh, <laughs> yeah, attracting. Well, I think creating okay. will be helpful. Cre- yeah, I think so. Yeah, always good chatting, Martin. And uh, okay. thanks everyone for listening to the latest edition of Infection Control Matters. Yeah, we'll try and come up with something a bit more sensible next time that we actually know something <laughs> about. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye.